Hi everyone, my name is Mare Verk and welcome to Life on the Farm. Hi everyone and welcome back to another week at Life on the Farm. This week we are going to be talking all about, actually talking to be honest, it'll be all about communication and it's something that over the last week I have realized is such an integral part about pharmacy and I think a part of me forgot that on the inpatient side, especially when it comes to speaking with patients and really, really getting down, being able to explain more complex subjects to them. And at the same time, what it's like to communicate with providers when you're not on the team working together, when they don't know who you are, where you're coming from, and kind of being able to effectively communicate what you're seeing, what you think should happen next, and be able to do so while multitasking and taking care of other things. And I sort of alluded to it in last week's episode, if you're interested, kind of what my initial reaction was to being in the community pharmacy again, having been now at the end of my appy year this is my last rotation and so this week i really want to talk about communication because i think it's something that's really important in pharmacy in general i think it's an important skill to have and this week in particular when it came to patient counseling i think that there's a lot of different things i kind of want to touch upon and so i'll definitely dive into that and i also kind of wanted to add the element of written communication because i think that's something that's glossed over just because I think something to look back upon and reflect is the fact that for a lot of pharmacy schools, they require a written sample during your interview. And so you have, I think, 30 minutes to respond to a prompt. And I think that kind of is important to bring back up because that's what's happening in the pharmacy as well, especially if you choose to communicate with a provider via a messaging system or what I kind of want to talk more about is having to do with insurance companies and being able to convey in 500 characters or 500 words or less kind of what a patient's medical background is and why something they are being prescribed needs to be covered for them. And so all of that and more as we get into this week's episode, as the title suggests, Talk the Talk. And I think honestly, right the right that's totally not a phrase but you know to tie in the whole written component so just want to touch upon all of that and more so if you're interested definitely stick around but without further ado let's get into it so we'll go ahead and kick things off with oral communication and what i talked a little bit about last week is the fact that we do patient counseling so myself and the other pharmacy intern on rotations we handle every single patient counseling session and so every patient that's picking up a new prescription has to be given a counseling session and then those that are picking up refills sometimes also have questions and so we handle all of those as well So once the patient is at the window, the clerk lets us know that there is a consultation and we go over to the next window so that they have a little bit more privacy and that they're not holding up the line and we can continue to help other people. And so it's during the session that I have an opportunity to really connect with patients. I think something on the inpatient side that I am now realizing is that while I do get to talk to patients about their anticoagulation, especially at the institution I'm at, that's really important to do. Not to mention I was on my cardiology rotation there and also completing med recs. I've done that in all of my inpatient settings. What's different about being on the outpatient side is that oftentimes you're 
speaking to patients about their medications that they're going home on and it might be a totally new regimen for them they might have a lot more questions they're kind of more in a space to be prepared to go home and really figure out their next steps for themselves versus being in the hospital they're being taken care of and so they aren't too concerned for the most part with what the meds are doing or what's happening next and so it's really important to be able to break things down for people explain to them in really simple terms kind of what these meds are doing and you'll say and I've seen oftentimes that's kind of more what the question is than anything else I think people often also want to know whether or not they can take something with or without food and I think that's a great very valid question and sometimes I don't know the answer so I do have to go look it up so just be prepared I feel like that's a really standard question a lot of people ask but for the most part I think what a lot of people want to better understand and where I feel like I see a lot of engagement and understanding during our session is with what this medication is indicated for. And what I mean by that is when I see patients who have heart failure medications, I try to break it down for them and give them an understanding for what each one of those drugs is going to do. So if I see a metoprolol succinate, I explain this is going to slow down the heart rate and make it easier for the heart to pump. If I show them their furosemide or their Bumex, I tell them this is the water pill. This is what's going to help keep all of that extra water off of them. And then if I see a lisinopril, I let them know that this uh, helps to decrease their blood pressure. And so all of these different things, I just try to explain to the patient in a really straightforward way, in a way that'll make sense. And so what they are learning about their disease state ties into their medication. And oftentimes this leads to more questions. People want to know more. And I think that's great. I think that's one of the best parts. And oftentimes I find that the line of questioning tends to follow more so about understanding their disease state and so i think that's a really important thing to consider as well is that being really solid in your physiology understanding will really help to guide a lot of these sessions and so when i think about one of the types of drugs that i counsel on that i tend to get the most questions about about how it works what happens next what is it doing is the narcan and so that is a really popular one because we have a lot of surgery patients, we have a lot of um, young children who are having procedures done, and oftentimes it's their parents or oftentimes it's a loved one picking up a medication or a prescription for a patient, and they often get alarmed at hearing about Narcan, and I think rightfully so because it can be really um, alarming to hear that potentially you'll have to call 911 while taking this drug. Um, but I think it's important to break things down for people and explain to them that it's there as a safety, they're get being prescribed it because it's possible for anyone to experience this side effect and that um, if their breathing does slow down of whoever is taking it, that there are no side effects basically to Narcan as far as administering it and having a negative reaction. And so it's really about explaining how it works as well. And so the number of times I've said it helps to offset where the oxycodone or the Norco binds, that the Narcan binds instead, suddenly it clicks for people why this might be something that they might want to have. And so I think it's really important just to explain those different types of things. Also with insulin, explaining why we use insulin and kind of what it does in the body. With blood thinners, I've done a lot of counseling on anoxaparin and explaining to people that it is a blood thinner, so you have an increased risk for bleeding, and why certain things over the counter like ibuprofen, naproxen, aspirin can't be like, why all of those things are not safe to use versus Tylenol being safe to use. And so all of these different things um, have to be explained to patients, and I think it's really important because it also helps me better understand 
understand disease states and know what all of these meds are indicated for and how they work. And so I think that's something that's really important in community is really being able to communicate with people about their disease state in a way that makes sense to them. And so it's been a really great experience. I think it's also pushed me to really like dive deep and understand everything that I'm doing. And I think that's important because again, this is what we are supposed to be good at. And I feel like this has really um, solidified that for me. So I wanted to talk about that and kind of what those counseling sessions end up turning into. The next thing I want to talk about is also giving counseling sessions to patients who don't speak English, which I find to be one of the best experiences I think this might be a little selfish or biased on my part. I love hearing people speak in other languages. I think they're so beautiful. I think it's so cool that people know other languages. And, and the fact that I don't, I'm like low-key jealous. I'm like, I wish I knew another language as well. And so I actually had a patient who only spoke Spanish. And as much as I wish that my four years in high school was enough to communicate with them, uh, it is not, at least not on a medical level. And so I called the interpreter for the first time and had my first um, interpreter experience as far as um, in the community setting goes. It's a little bit easier inpatient, in my opinion, just because we have the, these iPads that we can roll to the bedside and communicate with the patient much easier. But here it's just on the phone. Um, we leave it on speaker and we're able to do it in like a private setting, which is really nice. And I think what's really important when it comes to using a translator, and you probably get this experience in pharmacy school, I know we touched upon it briefly and kind of got an understanding on how to use a translator, is that you really have to streamline your line of questioning and the way that you're going to be presenting information. Because when you think about a traditional counseling session, it's often a back and forth. You're offering information. They may or may not ask questions. At the end, you ask if they have any questions. You're offering these little tidbits as you're going through this whole uh, conversation and that can be a little bit harder when you are speaking to somebody who does not speak English or in the vice versa situation I don't speak Spanish and so what I think is really important is that when you use a translator you not only have to be really conscientious of how you're asking but you have to be aware of how much you're asking at one time how much information you're offering it's also a really a slowed down version of what you're doing. You have to not only first ask and then wait for it to be asked again, but then for that answer to come back to you. And so you really have to be thinking in a way that's going to tie everything together so you're not spending too much time jumping all around over the place, confusing the patient. Um, and so I think it's a really great skill being able to use a translator because that also translates into being able to counsel patients in a more effective way without a translator. And so for me, it's about starting off with giving the information and doing uh, comprehension checks throughout. So once I have been able to give a little bit of information, for me, I kind of like to do the teach back method or be able to uh, get an understanding of what the patient is feeling in that scenario and in that moment about what I've just said so that I can figure out where I need to go next, where I need to elaborate and kind of what needs to be done. And so it's, it's, again, it's totally a skill. I remember the first time I used a translator, it was very awkward. I definitely tried to ask too long of questions. And so don't be, I guess, afraid of asking short, simple questions. I think that can be a lot better, just being able to get answers and move forward as long as the conversation's progressing toward kind of the end of being able to make sure the patient has an understanding, I think is really important. And so I know people always appreciate um, you taking that time and I think that's really important and so I absolutely love it I think it's so cool I hope I continue to have patients who speak other languages because 
I think it's awesome. I love seeing on like when I'm filling a prescription, we have them in different languages as well, which again, just be aware if you're ever counseling somebody, if you don't see the instructions on there in English, which they should be. I know for us, we have them printed in English as well at the bottom. Make sure that you do look at the label for English so that you're able to counsel them in the right way. I think that's really important as well. And so, uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because I think translator services is something that I wanted to become better at. Uh, during my residency, actually, it was kind of a goal I had set for myself that I want to be able to be more accessible to my patients who don't speak English. Um, again, because I really love hearing their languages. I think they're so cool. Um, but at the same time, just to be able to offer comprehensive care. And so being able to better utilize uh, translators and be able to streamline my services as far as communicating, offering education and answering questions I think is really important and something that I hope to continue to get exposure to which I think I will and probably one of the other reasons that I really value working with more diverse communities is because of those opportunities so just something again I wanted to touch upon because it's really cool it's one of those things like you touch upon briefly in pharmacy school but it's like oh okay like when I get there I'll deal with it but I think there's a little bit of skill involved as well and it definitely takes some time but just staying patient with it and really taking your time to offer that patient uh, all of the education and basically understanding that they need. And then the last thing as far as verbal communication goes that I think is really important, especially on this community rotation being in a discharge pharmacy, is we talk a lot with discharge planners. And so as the name suggests, oh, these people plan other patients' discharge. And so it's really important that we're all on the same page, that we have an understanding of what the ETA for this patient leaving is as far as what their meds are and what how they're going to be covered. And so something that is really important in all aspects of life I would have to say is to not assume so if there's ever anything that is not clear to you or you do not think you know the answer to always always clarify do what you need to do in order to feel comfortable in this scenario I've so many times during this rotation picked up the phone and someone starts talking and I I, I don't know I don't know what their question is I am unsure what they are trying to get at, kind of what is their goal of this? What do they want to know? They just start telling me all of these other things. And so just have them back it up. Be like, I am so sorry. I just want to make sure that I'm understanding you correctly and ask them, um, what exactly do you need from me? So what can I do to help you? And then you'll get the answer, a very straightforward one, hopefully. But I think that's really important to do because oftentimes these discharge planners will call to figure out costs, but then they won't tell you yes or no to fill it. Uh, you'll, they'll end up calling and being like, oh, how long is it going to be? And if you tell them a certain time frame, they're like, oh, that's too long or oh, that's not fast enough. And then they just don't say anything continue to follow up in that conversation or if they'll be like oh I'll call you back make sure you leave a note that you spoke to them and that they were the ones to call you back or if they were telling you oh they're going to leave in this amount of time that you write that down and you print out those labels right away basically the underlying theme being to make sure to communicate and I think this also translates I want to say to answering questions that you get over the phone and I think this has happened so so often that I just want to make this point because I think early appy me, that version of me would have just picked up the phone right away. But now whenever a text pick up the phone to answer it and get a question answered for a patient, they'll put them on hold. They'll tell us, oh, there's a patient on such and such line that has a question for a pharmacist about this. And so that happened today with the patient with uh, their insulin. They're like, oh, the patient doesn't know how to take their insulin. And so before I even pick up the phone, I try to find out as much information as possible so that I'm not wasting the patient's time that I can figure out kind of where 
at least they are, what insulin are they even on? So I have an understanding. And so I got that information, started to look them up and I want to know everything about it before I pick up the phone. It doesn't necessarily always have to be the case, but when a patient's asking me about their insulin, I feel like that's a pretty important thing to be able to um, look at the nuance and want to understand better rather than like, oh, about their furosemide or something as far as when to take it and things like that. But again, just doing your due diligence beforehand as efficiently as possible. And that's basically how I do it. I try not to pick up the phone immediately. I try to gather enough information in about a minute and a half or so at the most and then go from there. Of course, I can continue to look things up as I speak to the patient. Um, but the more information I have early on, the better and probably the smoother the conversation. And not to mention, it just makes you seem like you're more in the know about what's going on with the patient since they've already spoken to someone. So for me, that's just something that I like to do personally. And then this also translates into taking verbal orders. So pharmacy interns can take orders from providers. They can write down the prescriptions. We also do transfers in from other pharmacies and transfers out to other pharmacies. The prescriptions that we have or they have can be sent vice versa. And so oftentimes uh, these a provider will call in and say, I want to give a verbal or a pharmacy will call and say, oh, we want to transfer a prescription from you to us. The patient wants it here instead. And oftentimes the tech will just say, oh, there's like a verbal on this line or uh, there's a pharmacy on this line. And just being able to get a little bit more information beforehand is helpful, like whether it's a transfer in or a transfer out for the prescription is usually helpful. So that way when you pick up the phone, the pharmacist that had called, you already know what they had said to them previously. And so common courtesy, or at least the way that it's worked at all the retail pharmacies I've been at, is that the pharmacy that the patient wants the prescription filled at needs to be the one to reach out to the pharmacy with the prescription. So oftentimes we get calls from outside pharmacies asking us to transfer a prescription to them. And so I just want to have an understanding, first of all, which way the communication is going, because it could be the other way and I'm just unaware. Um, and then just making sure that I know it's a pharmacy and it's a transfer, not like a doctor and it's a new order. So just being like super clear when you talk to people and not being afraid to ask clarifying questions, I think is important. Um, and then even like asking what line are they on? Because oftentimes they'll say, oh, uh, they're on the phone and not tell you an extension. And there's like eight buttons that are red and you don't know which one the doctor's on or the pharmacy is on. So again, just not being afraid to really speak up and ask for what you need, the information that you're looking for and kind of what's going to help you make the next best step. So I don't know, small things. And I know communication is kind of like a, a no-brainer in a sense, but at the same time, when there's a lot going on and you're dealing with a lot of different people and a lot of different stakeholders in this space, I think it's super important to be able to understand how to manage them each and kind of just best practice ways as far as being able to be successful in approaching these types of conversations. So this leads me actually now into written communication because I think that's super important as well. One of the ways that I communicate with people in the written sense is via the messaging system we use called Tiger Text. And so this is a quick way for me to reach out to providers when I have a question. What I've been finding though, as far as clarifying prescriptions go or having questions, what I like to do is reach out via message if I don't have their pager number or whatnot and have them call me at my extension. I've been really getting into having providers call me so that I can have a more extensive conversation and honestly, it can be really lengthy typing things out. Sometimes providers don't respond to every part and I don't blame them. Like it's a really long message and sometimes things tie into one another. Like 
I had a provider who wrote Novolog, so um, insulin aspart for both the scheduled meal times as well as the sliding scale as two different prescriptions. And we usually just write them as one. And at the same time, the aspart is not covered by the patient's insurance. And so we wanted to switch it to Lispro. And so that's just like a lot of different things happening and they kind of compound on top of one another. And so I thought it would be better instead of just typing all of this out and having him try to figure out what's going on to just call me at my extension. And so it's also easier because you're like not disrupting them. I know you can page them as well. That's something I try to do sometimes, um, but maybe there isn't a pager number listed on the prescription. So that's what I've been doing. I literally start off by saying hello to them, letting them know I'm the intern at the outpatient pharmacy because a lot of times we get calls from providers looking for the inpatient pharmacy. And so I like to clarify that this is having to do with the discharge and kind of where they sent the outpatient orders just to provide some context. And then I get into, I say the patient's name, their MRN, that way it's easy for them to look up if they're seeing a ton of different people and they don't have a set list. I'm just letting them know what I saw, what I think it should be changed to, or if I want to have a longer conversation like I was just talking about, asking them to call me at my extension. And so that's been really great because I've been able to really set myself up to kind of get to know them. And they're always really nice on the phone, which I think is awesome. Um, And then the other part of written communication that I think is super important and something that I never actually got experience with um, prior to this rotation is submitting TARS and PARS. And so what those are, they are appeals to the insurance company as to why a patient needs a medication covered. And so met through Medi-Cal, they have a formulary and they have all of the different drugs and strengths and the re- what they'll cover them for as far as like specific parameters. So they'll say something like, um, for a patient who is less than two years old, we won't cover this drug, but if they are above two years old, that's totally fine. But let's say I have a one-year-old who needs this medication at this strength. What will be required then is for us to submit a TAR, a T-A-R, T as in Tom, A-R. And what that is basically, again, as I mentioned, is an appeal to the insurance. And so we fill out all of the information about the patient, the prescriber, what the medication is, all of that information you can basically pull from the prescription and just place into the necessary spots. But what I think is super important and probably the most important aspect of submitting one of these forms is being able to explain the clinical side of everything. And so oftentimes we use what the prescriber has written and things like that, but a lot of times, or I guess on the other side of that, we often don't have an explanation written somewhere. And so it comes down to people in the pharmacy to go ahead and do that explanation, to go ahead and write out why exactly this needs to happen the way it does. And this has been really great for me. I've actually really enjoyed this because I think it's an opportunity for me to really, again, start to think about things, the mechanism of action alongside the disease state and be able to convey that idea to somebody sitting on the other side. And I can be a little bit more scientific with my writing and reasoning, which is kind of cool also just because it helps me to like stay up with that language and whatnot but I found that it's really exciting for me I really like the idea of kind of tying everything together and understanding drug drug interactions why a patient can't be on this why they're contraindicated for this one why they need to be on this one and I am so excited to announce that my first tar got approved the other day and I felt very proud of myself because these are really important meds for people. They really need them and they need somebody to be able to be that conduit between them and their insurance company and really advocate for them and vouch for them and 
prove that the science is there that they should get this medication and I I don't know I just thought it was so cool and I actually really enjoyed doing it and then there's also PARS so P-A-R-P as in Paul and those are for an insurance company called Partnership and so anytime we have a medication that requires a PAR we do the same type of situation it's just like on a different website and there's still that clinical reasoning aspect and so I have gladly tried to submit as many as I can for people who need them and it's really great hearing that they get approved and whatnot and just being able to be on the cusp of a lot of cutting edge science and innovative thinking I think is really cool as well because oftentimes these are medications being used in indications that are super off-label maybe are currently in clinical trials or there's very little uh, primary literature out there but there is some pretty convincing data and so it's cool kind of pulling all that information together using what I see in the patient chart maybe even having a conversation with the provider about what the thought process is so that we're all on the same page before I submit this has been awesome and I think being able to write that in a really concise manner it definitely takes a little bit of skill at first I was trying to write way too much and then I forgot which one tar or par has like a count character count cut off so I definitely could not be writing as much as I did in the other so it's important to be able to get that information into a small small amount of writing but also be convincing because there's somebody on the other side who's waiting to reject it um, and you really want to make sure that you're the one who's putting in the work and making sure that you have the best chance possible at getting this approved because again people are really grateful for it and it's it's a tough system to navigate in general I have to say and I think it's important to as pharmacy students future pharmacists to really to really advocate because there aren't a lot of people that can help with this kind of stuff and this is this is our field this is our realm you know medicine is where we're at and so doing these types of things is just another way that we can help our patients get the best safest and most efficacious care and that will go ahead and wrap up today's episode. I want to say thank you so much to all of you for taking the time to listen to today's episode or to any of the other episodes. It really does mean the world to me. And when you all reach out and tell me how helpful this has been or how much you enjoy listening, it really warms my heart. So I want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, this is actually my last episode as a 24 year old, which is really cool. So incoming is my quarter life crisis. But honestly, I'm excited for what's next and what's next for this podcast because we are quickly approaching graduation and of course the start of residency so I have some fun things in store that I cannot wait to share with you all and if you could follow on Spotify and rate on Apple Podcasts that would be amazing and until I speak to you all again I hope you and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy and I'll talk to y'all soon bye